0: Welcome to Crime and Fiction. I'm here with Brooke Dacus, and my name is Mare Singh. This is where we tell you all about the crimes and all about the fictions.
1: <laughs> all right, Mayor. Well, thanks for that intro.
0: Sorry, I had to do it again.
1: Okay, well, I like it. Well, it's officially October. Are yeah. You, are you excited?
0: Kind of. Not, not as much as you. I know you love October. You love... Um, nice weather.
1: I do. I love fall. I'm definitely a little bit basic like that, I guess. I love the I love the fall. I love the pumpkin spice latte. PSLs.
0: Brooke's all about the PSLs.
1: I do. I love my PSLs. I love my flannel. I love Halloween too.
0: Yeah. And it, and if you guys didn't get the drift by now, we're gonna do a special Halloween series or a special October series.
1: Yeah, that's what work I'm excited about. It's we're gonna call it our uh, Halloween murder series each week. We're going to talk about a, a murder that occurred during Halloween or in the month of October. And, and this week we're going to talk about um, uh, a boy, yeah. a boy named Yoshi Hattori.
0: Hatatori. Hatatori, I'm sorry. To give sorry. the proper pronunciation. Thank you. And you know, if you have your children listening to this guys, I mean, we always check that this is explicit because we're going to be talking about some unfortunate things.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, definitely probably not a a G-rated podcast, that's for sure.
0: No, it's not.
1: (laughs) Definitely not not, uh, not Barney and Sesame Street friendly.
0: No, um, but it's very important that you guys listen to it. Yeah, Um, yeah. We'll be talking about a lot of self-defense law with Yoshi. Um, before we get into Yoshi and we start talking about Yoshi's case, um, why don't you tell, why don't you tell us a little bit more, Brooke, about your week?
1: Honestly, my week was that was work. Oh, well, uh, honestly, I mean, it's just really it was one of those weeks where you know I would have days that were that were busy, but it was busy like doing just busy work type of stuff. You know those kinds of weeks.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Talking to clients, uh, looking up discovery, watching videos, reading police reports.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, I wasn't in the courtroom at all. I was just really, you know, at my desk doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so I had to get my, my trial fixed elsewhere. Sure. So sure. I don't know I don't know if you know, Mayor.
0: Probably I don't. <laughs> Probably I don't know. you what? don't.
1: Maybe our viewers know. Um, there is a case, actually, that was being live streamed. Out of Knoxville, Tennessee. Wait, hold
0: on. You're not going to ask me how my week was? Oh, that's so messed up. <laughs> People are waiting okay. to hear okay. how my week was.
1: I, okay. Well, before I talk about my case, then how was your how was your week?
0: My week was great. It was probably one of the best weeks of my life. Okay. Why? And I hope to recreate that coming up. No, I'm kidding. I had a suppression hearing scheduled. I think what was it Monday? Or no, it was actually Tuesday. Did it go? No, it didn't go. Why not? Um, well, parent, you know, a suppression hearing. We'll talk more about that, guys, at some point. But it's really me telling the uh, asking the court to disregard some sort of evidence that was illegally obtained. The arresting officer, he was not able to make it. I think he. I don't know if he had a, a corona or he was just sick, and so obviously we're not going to have the hearing with a sick person. So we put it off, and I didn't want to do it by Zoom or electronically. I want my witness in person so I can read his facial expressions and ask the proper questions.
1: Yeah, I mean, got to do what you got to do. So I guess you, what else did you do this week?
0: That's it. You know, uh, looking at cases, reading Discovery, uh, watching Netflix shows with you, murder Netflix shows.
1: That's right. And we will talk about that because I yeah. do want to talk about the that new murder murder Netflix show with Chris Watts that recently came out. Yeah. But let's talk about what I did for the most of the week. Yeah, go ahead. So, like I was saying before I was interrupted, a case out of Knoxville, Tennessee was being live streamed, and so I was able to watch that while I was doing other things. So, multitasking you know. Good. Yeah. And this case was, it was.
0: What's the defendant's name?
1: It was interesting. So the defendant's name is Joel Guy Jr. And Joel
0: Guy Jr. Yeah. Joel out Guy. Of Knoxville, Tennessee.
1: Yeah. This was a murder. It, it's honestly, it's gruesome. It's very, very gruesome. Oh,
0: this case. Yeah. I just pulled it up.
1: Yeah. So it happened in 2016, the murder. And what, I mean, just to briefly go over the facts. I mean, Joel Guy Jr., he was a student at LSU, Louisiana State University. He'd been taking classes for roughly the past 10 years. I guess he'd never really had a job.
0: Um, I heard they have a really good football program there, LSU. Uh, I, I can't say the same about my undergraduate school right now.
1: Oh, right now, I mean, they horribly lost today, which is unfortunate.
0: I don't, I don't even need to check the score for me to know that
1: they lost. <laughs> you know, they were pretty good a few years ago, but we're not talking... This is not an ESPN podcast, man. All right,
0: so Joel Guy, he was taking classes at, at LSU okay. for 10 years?
1: Well, he was taking classes off and on. He. The point is, is that his parents, Joel Guy Sr. and Lisa Guy, were supporting him, and he his parents Joel guy senior and Lisa guy were wanting to retire and they basically said hey Joel jr guess what it's time for you to live on your own
0: oh really so they said okay okay son it was son those are his yeah, parents son. okay yeah okay son uh, and how old was he when they finally you know cut him off
1: you know I think he was about maybe 28 28. Yeah, so you know, at Thanksgiving, I think that they was Thanksgiving 2016. They were gonna say, "Hey, Joel, you're you're done," and I think he caught wind of that. I don't know if they actually told him at at that Thanksgiving meal, but he did catch wind of that's what was gonna happen, and so
0: poor Joel, unbelievable. <laughs> They're just going to make me go out there on my own. Yeah,
1: 28 years old. That's just, that's harsh. That's a harsh reality for him. But anyway, so... um, Do you
0: know what his parents did for a living? What kind of work did they do? Oh, honestly... Were they well... I I guess they were wealthy. They were supporting this 28-year-old. Yeah,
1: they were... Man-child. Yeah, man-child. Yeah, I can't... I honestly, I I don't know what they they did. They didn't
0: really talk too much about that in the trial. You
1: know, no. And I might be able to find what they did I think they had pretty good jobs um but
0: upper middle class maybe
1: yeah yeah and they were actually gonna I think that they were gonna move out of Knoxville move somewhere else to retire but yeah so the whole family came up for Thanksgiving in 2016 after then the next day you know everyone went to their respective homes
0: so family came over in Knoxville and that included Joel he was an LSU student I'm yeah. guessing, in Baton Rouge, LSU's in Baton Rouge. Did you know that?
1: I did not actually. No. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Rouge
0: means red in French, too. Did you know that?
1: Wow! Well, <laughs> aren't you just an encyclopedia? Yes. Thank you. Okay. Well, I did not know that. So, anyway,
0: there's a lot of French influence in Louisiana.
1: I did know that actually. Yes. I did know there's like the French Quarter. There, the beignets are really good. Yeah. You know, that's a French thing, I believe.
0: Yeah, it's like a donut.
1: Well, sorry
0: if anybody from Louisiana (laughs) or (laughs) New Orleans listens to it or France. I'm sorry. Better than
1: donuts, they're delicious. Cafe du Monde is amazing. Anyway, so Joel, then the next day.
0: And by the way, Baton Rouge is the capital of Louisiana.
1: Okay, well, thank you. Okay, so the next day after Thanksgiving, I think that investigators or police estimate that the their deaths occurred between that Friday or Saturday after Okay,
0: let's let's back it up. So everybody comes over to to Joel's parents' place for Thanksgiving.
1: Thanksgiving, right.
0: He's coming from Baton Rouge to Knoxville, Tennessee. Right. What happens? Someone dies, bodies are discovered.
1: So here's gory, bloody death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's, and that's just, uh, I mean, that's to put it lightly. So here's what happens. Everyone goes to their back to their respective homes after Thanksgiving. Okay. So then, Lisa guy, Lisa guy on Monday doesn't show up for work. So. You know, sure. Someone from work calls saying, you know, do a welfare check. Police show up at the home and immediately they, there's like blood on the floor, there's blood on the walls. Wow. I mean, they see
0: that's horrible.
1: Lisa's head oh my. is in a pot of water. What? Yeah. Um, Joel Guy Sr.'s dismembered hands are in a room. There's trash bags. Essentially, what they find is both Joel Guy Sr. and Lisa Guy have been stabbed many, many times, and then they were dismembered and disarticulated. Um, and so. So it
0: seems like, was this a sudden passion thing or was this premeditated?
1: So at trial, it comes out that this is absolutely premeditated. And police find actual notebook entries.
0: A book of premeditation.
1: Yes, exactly. What is wrong with this guy? <laughs> I have. An, and so here's the thing. What a it,
0: spoiled brat. Well. And I hope he has fun. Oh, I guess. They, well, go ahead.
1: So it's a notebook entry detailing his actual murder plans um, you know, as to what he needs to do, as to how he needs to commit the murder, and and the and his motive is essentially in this notebook saying once he commits the murder, how he's going to inherit his parents' money. So really the reason for the murder is because he wants to get the inheritance.
0: Yeah. What a and, weird motive. And what so, is wrong you know, then guy?
1: other evidence that you know, they, the days before the murder, they see him at Walmart getting, you know, things like the chemicals to essentially put his parents in and all the tools needed for, I guess, the dismemberment. I mean, it's, it's a very gruesome crime and I mean, I don't think it was any surprise to anyone that he was going to be found guilty, which he was on Friday after a week-long jury trial. Um, but what's really interesting is that before the trial Joel Guy Jr., so he does have a he did have a public defender. Yeah. Um, and prosecutors are not seeking the death penalty in this case, just seeking life imprisonment. Um, but Joel Guy Jr. actually submitted a motion to the court requesting that if he is found guilty that he wants to have the death penalty oh really yeah and the judge basically said like sorry that's not your decision that's the prosecutor's decision
0: what a weirdo you know this guy's got some some major problems
1: yeah this
0: this guy he i mean he sounds like a sociopath psychopath And he probably just needs to stay behind bars for a very long time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, I feel like anyone
0: that can. I'm a defense attorney, guys, and I'm saying that. uh, No, absolutely. I've never met a client that I thought was really a danger to the community. This guy is a danger to the community. He needs to get locked up.
1: I, I just, yeah, absolutely. I just think that anyone that can murder your parents in cold blood and then
0: He's so childish
1: to murder them and then dismember. Yeah. I don't dismember the, them like that is just, so.
0: it's like, what do you do? It's like, Hey mom. Hey dad. <laughs> remember that? you Remember that one time you said, you're not going to pay for me anymore at LSU. I've been there for 20 years. Well, this is payback. <laughs> can you, can you imagine that? And then he goes ahead and stabs him. How many times? 30 plus times I each
1: 30 plus times. I mean, I just want to read you guys just this one thing from his, uh, His premeditated notebook. So he says.
0: Oh, this is going to be disgusting to hear, but let's listen to it.
1: So just this one. He has bullet points. This one bullet point. Drop something down the garbage disposal to break it. Arrow. Get him. So dad on the ground, fixing it. Then kill him with the knife. So the next bullet point. Clean that mess from him before she, mom, gets home. I mean, it, it's wow. just sick. It's he's got to write that
0: down and remember it? Or <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, if you've got a plan, you don't need to really write it down. Um, sounds like he's a little, you know, obsessing over it. But do you know when these things were written? Same day, day before, so weeks before. Yeah,
1: prosecutors say as early as November seventh. Okay, so of he that year he
0: knew he was coming back home for Thanksgiving, and he probably started planning this thing yeah. weeks in advance. He
1: knew, so he knew he was going to do this. Um, I mean, it's it's just really sickening. It's just, I, and it's you know. They say the defense was saying that, you know, he was a happy guy. He wasn't a murderous person. And, um, you know, just because he his parents were cutting him off doesn't mean he wanted to murder them. It's, uh, it, obviously, it's a, I mean, what can you do as a defense attorney when you get this kind of client? Like, really, what can you do?
0: Right, right. Um, you know, there's only so much of a defense you can do. Probably in a case like this, you really focus on mitigation. <laughs> Meaning, like he shouldn't get the death penalty, but that's what he wanted. Yeah. And uh, this guy's a—he's a nut job. That's yeah. all this guy is.
1: I, and I guess, I mean, they obviously didn't plead insanity, and so, or I mean, use insanity as a right. defense. So I don't know. It's it, its an interesting to go, case.
0: Yeah, to go from murdering your parent—I mean, can you imagine that you murder your, your parents? Just let that sink in, and then you cut them up. Let that sink in. Just the. The crime scene, the blood that was everywhere, the struggle that maybe Joel Guy Senior had with Joel Guy Junior.
1: Oh yeah, I mean because you know nothing
0: ever goes as planned.
1: No, and um, Joel got in the in the murder.
0: How trial, selfish was this guy
1: in the murder trial? I was watching Joel Guy uh, Senior. He had defensive wounds on his hands. He was oh, trying my to God. fight back. Or, which Poor is so Joel sad. Sr. It's so sad. I mean it's it's so so sad and um but I know, you know, we have other things to talk about. Speaking of sad sad murders, we watched
0: I think a lot of murders are sad.
1: Well, there's some that aren't sad. Yeah. Um honestly, there's some that aren't. Yeah, and and we'll I'm talk. Not, We'll have to hit those non-sad murders,
0: Brooke. I want you to find a few of those. Okay. I'll,
1: so. I'll find some non-sad murders. Yeah.
0: But I will. Murders, I really will.
1: Speaking of murders. So we did get to watch the Chris Watts uh, Netflix documentary. The It's called American Murder, The Family Next Door. It's that the documentary. Did you like it?
0: One out of five stars. Damn. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Siskel and Ebert. Can't remember what those guys did. But one out of five. What do you give it?
1: Gonna, How long was
0: it, by the way? It
1: was, a, I think, an hour and 20-ish minutes. It wasn't too long.
0: Okay, what, okay, let's go ahead and reveal your one to five star in a second. What did you like about it, and what did you not like about it?
1: Well, I did really like that they used... It wasn't like a traditional documentary where there was police or you know people being interviewed like oh this is the mom like let's talk to it wasn't like a traditional documentary like that it was like you know all shenan's facebook videos it was police body cams so it was stuff that you know
0: it wasn't a sit down someone come someone sitting in a chair in a room like oh my gosh it wasn't like that
1: yeah and i think that's actually like what i liked about it but what i also disliked about it because i feel like there was a lot of information i wish i knew that they didn't yeah. give
0: so chris watts he was a guy just 30 seconds or less summarize who chris watts okay i'll 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 tell the folks chris watts was a guy living in in colorado with his wife and and two children two girls very young girls i think 2 and 3 year 2 and 3 years old something like that And I guess, you know, he had a body transformation. He was 245, dropped down to 185. And as guys do when they get a new body, I guess he had a wondering eye. Um, The wife, Shanann, she was 14 or 15 weeks pregnant with a boy. Finally, they were going to get a boy. And I think Chris always wanted a boy. Um, But during this time, Shanann and Chris, they were not sexually active. And Shanann knew there's just something funny going on because Chris and Shanann had a healthy sex life. And it turns out that Chris was cheating on her. And one night, Shanann confronted Chris, and Chris wanted to end the, the marriage. And Chris says this. Chris says that, hey, yeah, hey everyone, I saw Shanann harm the children. I saw her smother the children. And because of her smothering my girls, I strangled her and killed her. That's what he says. Right. Yeah.
1: And so is that what he did?
0: Well, it turns out that he actually killed everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's not... But. It, it turns out okay. that he, he killed Shanann. And this is very sad, guys. So... I think he wanted to divorce Shanann, and I don't know if he lost it, but he ended up killing Shanann first.
1: I don't think he lost it, because in the documentary, he says that he, he had the idea that that's what he was going to do, as in he had the idea that he was going to kill her, and he woke up that morning with pretty much... Knowing that he was going to kill her, so I don't think I don't think it was like a sudden okay. passion type I'm, of thing.
0: I must have missed that. Um, you're, I mean, maybe I'm you're, wrong. No, I don't know. I think you're right because Shanann's dad was saying, "Hey, if they'd got into an altercation, he would have had a lot of defensive wounds because she was capable of defending herself." You're right. So I think he caught her off guard, maybe killed her at night, strangled her, whatever he did, strangled her, killed her, took her out on a 45 to one hour drive. All right, let's talk about how his little girls were killed by him. He kills his little girls, two little girls. That's the heart-wrenching part about this entire story. I
1: think this is, it's one thing to kill your wife. Okay, you know, you hate her, you don't want to be with her. That's horrible. But then to kill the two girls that are two and three years old, I think this is the worst part for me. And this is the part yeah. that just makes me sick.
0: Yeah. That's the worst part for, for all of us. And so he, he packs up his dead wife's body into his truck. Shanann puts her in his Tacoma or whatever truck he's got. And then he also brings his two girls with them, drives 45 minutes to one hour outside of town, to a random desolated desolate area buries Shanann he buries her then he takes these little his little girls up to an oil tanker probably 50 to 100 feet tall or maybe even more and he wraps them up one by one with a blanket and he puts them in the oil tanker and then that's it he murders his daughters
1: as they're saying, "Daddy, yeah. no!"
0: He drove them forty-five minutes to an hour, and he murdered them. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. got to give you goosebumps.
1: I mean, either that or make you want to go vomit. I
0: don't know. Well, yeah, both. And then the what makes you vomit even more is that he tried to play it off the entire time. He was doing interviews with, with uh, all the yeah. news channels saying, oh my gosh, Shannan, if you see this, please come back. I just want my kids back.
1: Yeah, yeah. and when he gets, to, you know, when if she first goes missing, he gets back to the home and, you know, tries texting her, where are you, and yeah. let me know if you've taken the girls, and, you know, just like, tr- just trying to, act like the victim and everything. Yeah, and He's then, just
0: trying to play it off.
1: And then, you know, and then he, lies he broke to, down. He lies to the better end lies saying, you know, Oh, yeah. well actually she hurt the girl. She killed the girl. So I had to kill her. Yeah.
0: That's what he told his dad.
1: And that's, yeah. And then he told that to investigators and investigators. They're not stupid. They're not, they weren't born yesterday. They figured it out. They, they figured,
0: figured it out. He's Chris Watts made one of the biggest mistakes. He's an idiot. Number one, you should never kill your kids, right, and your wife. Yeah. You never should do that. And I don't know where everyone where everyone stands on the death penalty. Look, I'm not trying to open up that back, but this is a great candidate for a death penalty. This is really should have been a death penalty case. Not only did he kill his wife, kill his a two-year-old two year daughter, a three-year-old daughter, guess what? His wife was pregnant, 14, 15 weeks pregnant.
1: Yeah, he, he killed his unborn child. He
0: murdered four beings. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
1: And why? Because he wanted a little bit of. A, he wanted
0: a side chick.
1: Yeah, exactly. He, so it's just it's so sad. I feel like there was a lot more to the story and a lot more evidence. I wish I could have heard. And and I think that's why you know maybe I I would give it a I'd give it all a right. three.
0: Okay. A three. All right. What so do you What do you think? To me personally you hit on it what i loved about this it is not a traditional documentary right i love and everybody at home probably loves it loves this we got to see the body cam footage of the officers going inside chris's home interviewing him the same exact day that Shannan went missing or was found to be missing i love watching that i yeah. w- love watching prime like the actual source the actual evidence that was played or that all the attorneys for the state, all the attorneys for Chris Watts got to watch.
1: Exactly. We, we
0: got to watch it too.
1: Yeah. Exactly. You got to watch the his, when he was uh, part of the so lie lo- detector test, the yes. polygraph. You got to watch that. That was awesome.
0: Yes. We got to watch that too. So he's so dumb, Chris Watts, so illogical, he decides to do an, an interview with with the detectives in that interview, they've hooked. They know the detectives have latched on to him as a suspect, and he goes in there, and this quote unquote interview for a polygraph turns into a big interrogation, and he cracks, and we get to see that. That's huge. So I loved watching those. I, that's what I loved. Um, the negatives. I think maybe this has been. I think just. The timing of it. You know, Chris Watts. I know a lot of different networks have done, you know, shows about Chris Watts and Shanann's murder and and the children also being murdered, too. That's only negative. I'm going to three stars. That's all you're giving it.
1: I just maybe I yeah, maybe it's because you're, t- you're tough. <laughs> What's
0: five stars?
1: Well, you're I, tough,
0: Cookie Brook. I,
1: I want to know more. Maybe it's because I'm being greedy. Maybe it's maybe it's because I haven't watched all of the other documentaries well, what are about your, it.
0: What were your unanswered questions?
1: It wasn't that I had unanswered questions. I mean, maybe I maybe I want to know. You know, what did the autopsies reveal? You know, I. That they were dead. Okay, cause of death. Like, Uh, what did Shanann's, what was her cause of death?
0: Cause of death. What
1: was Shanann's cause of death?
0: Probably was strangulation.
1: Probably, but we don't know for sure. What did the autopsy reveal?
0: Yeah, I guess they just didn't touch on it. They didn't. They didn't touch on
1: the girls. Uh, I mean, okay, maybe it was drowning, but was it, was if it was such, we're going off of what Chris said, and Chris is a liar. Yeah,
0: yeah. you're right, but some of the things he did say about where the bodies were going to be were corroborated.
1: That's true, but, so, I mean, here's he the, also said that he, you know, him and Shanann Shen, that morning, he killed her that morning. But I just, I don't.
0: Yeah, I mean, what I want you to, what everyone should know is this. And let me give you my, I'm giving it five stars. And wow, okay. I recommend. I, re- I recommend all the, all the crime junkies to watch it and check it out. And when you watch it, analyze the case and ask yourself this. If Chris Watts did not go meet up with the detectives and do the polygraph slash interview slash interrogation, would they have ever found these bodies? That was so pivotable. Pivotal.
1: Pivotal. <laughs> Pivotal.
0: Pivot, that was so pivotable. I'm was, using was that word. Was it pivotable?
1: Word. Okay. Well, no, that's a... Um, that was a,
0: a pivotable moment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's such a crazy moment. It's like, You're, wait.
1: Well, it makes you think like, you know, wow. I think he could have... I think that's the craziest thing to think about. He could have gotten, gotten away He could have gotten it. away with it. Had he, you know, had he actually never talked to anyone? Yeah. I think he could have gotten away he, with it. One thing, though, I would want to know more about Five stars for me, though. Okay, one thing, and and this is... Check it out. This will be my last comment. It's on Netflix. Okay, this will be my last comment about this. I would want to know more about the mistress's mistress's involvement because I think she knew more than she was leading yeah. on to, honestly. Yeah, we get
0: to see the the mistress or side chick or girlfriend. She gets interviewed and obviously she's like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. He's lying to me this entire time. I, I don't no know. Oh, I don't know
1: if I believe that Oh all. my
0: God, I thought Shanann left him.
1: Um, all those
0: things, right? Eh. Like, what are you going to say when you find out the man that you've been seeing was actually cheating on his wife and actually killed her and, and killed his two kids, actually three kids, so... Yeah, so. you're gonna backtrack big time
1: okay so let's all right it's time for the main event yes
0: it's time it's for
1: time th- for halloween murder series part one <laughs> okay i love it all right so we are going to be
0: <laughs> sorry it's okay. I had, I had to do it
1: okay I know. should we do it
0: one more time no i think that's annoying <laughs>
1: Okay, so all right, we are talking about a murder. It didn't occur on actual Halloween night, but it occurred on October seventeenth, and
0: of nineteen ninety two. Yes,
1: yeah, so this occurred in nineteen ninety
0: two. Where were you in
1: nineteen ninety two? I don't even know if I was born.
0: You were probably like, "Hey, mom and dad, can I please? Can we please get pizza?" What? (laughs) (laughs) Like, let's get pizza. About yeah, you were a little kid back in ninety two.
1: No, it was like I was like a newborn.
0: You were a newborn.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh huh.
0: Let's get back to the case. Newborn.
1: Okay. (laughs) So, all right. So, this is the story about a young man. His name is Yoshishiro Hatori. He goes by Yoshi.
0: And that's such a sweet name, Yoshi.
1: It is. Yoshi was actually a, uh, he's from Japan. He came to the United States as a Japanese foreign exchange student. And he was studying, or I guess he came to Baton Rouge, Louisiana.
0: We're back in Baton Rouge.
1: We are. It's funny.
0: (laughs) We're learning a lot, guys. (laughs) We are. Baton Rouge.
1: We are. So he was staying in Baton Rouge with a host family, Um, that was the Haymaker family, um, with Richard and Holly Haymaker. And they had a 16 year old son named Webb and Yoshi. He was actually 16 year old years old as well too. So that worked out perfectly. Yeah, exactly. was
0: Wonderful. Good setup.
1: It was perfect. And Yoshi actually, he was a very described as a very outgoing boy. He, everyone, you know, really, really liked him. Um, I think he was had always wanted to come over to America, and and when he got over here, he was doing really well. And so in October, um he yeah. and Webb
0: <laughs> Yeah, were and it in, was time for, to go to a Halloween party. Yeah, they. It's were, October, guys. We're all having Halloween parties coming exactly, up.
1: Exactly. That's well, the fun of do October. It,
0: if you can do it, right? Might have to do Zoom Halloween parties. <laughs>
1: Or just wear something have a costume with a mask, right?
0: We'll be careful. <laughs> Where you go with that mask?
1: Yeah, right. Oh,
0: you mean just put the mask on over your costume? No, I'm saying like
1: oh. you have a costume that encompasses a mask. So
0: it's pretty much like a mask. You,
1: like wear a mask.
0: Sorry, meaning it it kills two birds with one stone. Exactly. That's what you I'm sorry. Like you yeah.
1: you have your costume but it, it's a what you okay, anyway. Sure. Anyway, so.
0: Well, they didn't have those issues back in 92.
1: They didn't. No COVID back in 92. So anyway, they got, Webb and Yoshi got invited to a Halloween party. And they decided to go. So Yoshi dressed up as John Travolta from Saturday Night Fever.
0: That's a great outfit. Yeah. He's showing showing off his 16-year-old, you know, self. Exactly. Some good outfit. Yeah.
1: So he had like a, I think a white, uh, white tuxedo, and he was carrying a camera, and then uh, Webb actually a few weeks prior had gotten in a, I think a pool accident or something like that, and so he was wearing a neck brace, and so he kind of decided to play that up a little bit and wear a bandage, and sure. decided he was going to be like an like accident a zombie or something, or, or accident or... victim or something yeah. like that.
0: Embrace it. Embrace the neck brace.
1: Exactly. And that's what he did. And so that night, the haymakers decided that they were going to let Webb drive to the party. And the party was in Baton Rouge. Um, It was a community actually north of Baton Rouge. Um, A suburb. Yeah. And Webb was not. A decent neighborhood. Exactly. So it was a predominantly white neighborhood. And Webb, though, was not familiar with that area. And so um the address they were supposed to go to was one zero one three one. Yeah. And they actually I think got a little confused. I don't think they didn't have iPhones back then. So they ended up at what was the address? They ended
0: up at one zero three one one. Okay, so five houses down the next block, something like that.
1: Yeah, so close, but not exact. And so the house they ended up at, I mean, it had Halloween decorations and I mean, there were cars
0: were parked, multiple cars were parked in front of this house. Three cars were parked.
1: Right. Three cars were parked in the driveway. So they thought they had found the party.
0: Um, It's time to party. You know, these young, these young guys, hey, we're here. Halloween decor is up boom let's go
1: exactly and so boys got out of the car They're to went get some candy <laughs> exactly time to have some fun so they walk up the driveway and they actually ring the front doorbell no one answers the front door but the boys hear some clinking on the
0: carport door the carport well, door. i guess the side door yeah, kind of the garage garage door I guess right but not really the garage
1: exactly and so they actually uh, so they'll
0: go towards that door the carport door exactly yeah so they ring the doorbell the front door no answer right
1: right no answer because
0: it's actually the person inside the house let's I mean we're gonna get to it they actually went to the, obviously we know they went to the wrong or house. They went
1: to the wrong house, right. So the
0: person inside that house is like, okay, who? it's 8 p.m., by the way. Did you say that?
1: I did not. So, yeah, thank it's you. It's at
0: night, um, and I guess it's dark. And so the homeowner, her name is Bonnie Pierce. Yeah. She doesn't open the front door, goes to the carport door, shuffles the blinds. The boys hear the blinds, and then they walk toward this carport door. Because I hear the shuffling of the blinds. Right. And it's Webb that gets there first.
1: That's correct.
0: And then what happens after that?
1: Uh, And then they realize that.
0: Well, she sees Yoshi trailing behind Webb. Remember? Yes. This is key. This is so important. Um, So Webb is there, Bonnie, the homeowner, who lives there with her husband, Rodney. So Bonnie and Rodney Pierce, they have two young children. Mm -hmm. Bonnie and Rodney have a a young, young child. And and, uh, Bonnie has another child from a, from a prior marriage. They're there. And then Bonnie sees Webb. Remember?
1: Right. Yes, she does.
0: And she describes Webb as someone needing help. Because he's she she's not aware that this is like some sort of ha- Halloween costume or get up for what? Right, Web.
1: because she sees his neck brace, the bandage on yeah. his head. Right, exactly. Bonnie actually opens the door.
0: Which door? The carport the door. The carport door. Okay. Yes,
1: exactly. And um, as Webb attempted to speak to her, she slams the door.
0: Okay. And she saw I think she slammed the door because she saw Yoshi trailing behind
1: exactly she realized that there were two two boys
0: well she she realized there are two people I'm not gonna say boys
1: well two people right well, two men two two people
0: obviously she was really distraught
1: so she's very distraught at this point so so a couple things happen right now so Yoshi and Webb decide okay maybe I've got the wrong house so they begin to
0: walk Webb knows he's got the wrong house.
1: Web knows he's got the wrong house. I don't think Yoshi really knows what's yeah. going on. Now,
0: Webb was trying to communicate it to Yoshi, and maybe Yoshi didn't get it.
1: But but regardless, they both still start walking down the driveway.
0: Yeah, they walk away. They, they turn. Webb and Yoshi turn around. Right. And remember, let's talk about Yoshi a little bit. 1992, Japanese foreign exchange student. Guys, you know, things were a lot different in 92. Uh, our society is a lot more... There's a lot more diversity now in our society with the internet, with, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, blah, 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 Snapchat. There's, we're a lot more interlinked now. Okay. Right. So back then in Baton Rouge, um, it's you know, Louisiana is predominantly, you're either Caucasian, white or African American. That's it.
1: Exactly. That's
0: how Louisiana is. That's the biggest makeup. Um, don't, don't quote me on that. I know there are going to be a little small variations, but back in '92, not many people from Japanese descent are walking around in Baton Rouge. And Yoshi probably doesn't speak English very well. And no, he's not, he doesn't. And he's probably a little bit different with American customs.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, he, it's a completely different culture.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A completely different culture than the Japanese culture. People in Japan, they don't have guns. There are no violent deaths in Japan. I don't know what the stats are, but if we look them up, it's like, yeah, there hasn't been a shooting, there, a shooting death there probably in decades, something well, crazy like that. Not
1: just that, but I mean, as far as like mannerisms go and, and things like that. But anyway, so they begin to walk down the driveway. What's going on inside of the house?
0: Bonnie is scared out of her mind. And this is where everything changes. Bonnie tells her husband, Rodney, Go get the gun.
1: Okay. So what does Rodney do?
0: Rodney's the man of the house. <laughs> okay. Rodney has to get his gun. And does he, what, Rod- kind
1: of, what kind of gun does he get?
0: It's a forty-four Smith & Wesson with a hunting scope on top of it. Rodney, when your wife comes to you and says, get the gun, and she's that distraught, when you're Rodney, you just act.
1: Okay. So Rodney got his gun he, I mean, it's loaded, obviously, right?
0: Yeah, it's loaded.
1: Okay, so he gets his gun. He, he
0: looks through his... the blinds, the same blinds that his wife looked through, the carport blinds. What does he see? He doesn't see anything out of the ordinary.
1: Okay, so then, I mean, what happens next?
0: Yeah, I mean, at this point, he shuts the blinds, and he goes home, and he goes to sleep, and everything's good. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> we I mean, wish, obviously. No, I mean, I'm I'm sorry. if you're, If my wife comes to me and tells me, Go get the gun, and she's hysterical. I'm trusting her instincts, and so okay, as the man. I
1: mean, I'm not gonna. Okay,
0: <laughs> if you think she, if you think women can't be trusted, just say it. I'm
1: not saying that women can't be trusted. I'm saying that women, at times, can.
0: And it's not a man or woman thing. I'm just teasing, guys. Okay, people can be mistaken. I, at people times. That's can
1: what be mistaken. I, I do, and people can yeah. be. Something can, I mean, I know I've at times been in a position where, you know, something has freaks me out and I'm like, a, wow, that was really ridiculous. And, but I know, but, it was nothing. but I know if it's your husband or, you know, if it's your wife, like, obviously you're going to, you know, make sure you protect her. Yeah. or what, Okay. Why not? So you're
0: right. So going back to it. Okay.
1: So Rodney gets his gun. So he goes, what does he do next?
0: Okay. So he looks through the blinds. Remember he doesn't see anything, but when your wife is that hysterical and worried, you trust her. You're not going to disbelieve her. And Rodney goes outside. He opens the door and walks out.
1: He opens the front door. Yes. Yes. Okay. And when he opens the front door, what does he see?
0: I think he sees Yoshi. Yoshi. He sees Yoshi. Right. And Yoshi doesn't really, you know, this is everything is moving so fast. Yoshi and Webb haven't had the opportunity to have like a five-minute conversation. Oh, hey, Yoshi, we got the wrong house. Let's go. They don't have that opportunity yet.
1: You're right. You're right. And And so, so
0: Yoshi is like, oh, I guess this is the right house.
1: He turns Yoshi turns around when the door is opened. Yeah. And he's walking towards Rodney.
0: Yeah, he's walking towards Rodney.
1: And he's, I think he at some point says, we're here for the party. Yeah.
0: And Rodney describes Yoshi walking in a very weird way. Um, He was scared. Rodney says that because he wants to convey how scared he was. And so Rodney felt Yoshi was walking in a weird way. Um, And Yoshi says, we're here for the party. And Yoshi's got a camera in his hand, remember? A black camera. Which. Which were a lot bigger back in 92.
1: Right. It's not, you know, like a small little camera. It's a bigger camera, which Rodney does say he thought might have been a weapon or a gun. Yeah.
0: It's dark. It's 8 o'clock. You've got a guy walking towards you after your wife tells you, go get the gun. And she's freaking out. You've got your two children inside the house. You've got a gun. Pressure's going on and you tell Yoshi to freeze and Yoshi does not freeze so, he continues walking toward Rodney
1: so he does so you're right so he tells Rodney tells Yoshi to freeze he doesn't freeze and it, you know it could have been because he didn't understand what freeze meant or he didn't uh, he just didn't understand it or
0: there's a lot of theories there some a theory there is that Yoshi thought that this was like a halloween prank it's a halloween party You know, we're all dressed up in costumes. Oh, this is a guy with a gun. Maybe it's just a play gun or a costume gun.
1: Yeah, but.
0: And obviously 16-year-old boy, he just moved to the United States two months ago. Exactly. Maybe he doesn't know what freeze means in this, you know, maybe he didn't see the gun. Maybe he doesn't know what freeze even means. Cause freeze is kind of like an American thing. Like freeze. Yeah. Like you, you know? see it on
1: like cops or the police ships yeah. and stuff. So, yeah. So he doesn't freeze. He continues to move towards Rodney and Rodney shoots him. Yeah. And he hits him in the chest. It punctures his lung, I believe.
0: Yeah. And he bleeds to death.
1: He does. And so That's once sad. Rodney shoots him, they, he retreats inside and, you know, Webb is right there. And he actually, Webb goes to a neighbor who calls 911. Yeah. Um, when the ambulance shows up, I mean, he's he ends up passing away in the ambulance. Yeah. He dies from losing blood so lost. much blood, which is sad. I mean, it ends up being, it's a sad, sad story. Um, so initially police come on scene and Rodney's just, you know, saying, okay, well, here's what happened. Police don't arrest him or anything like that.
0: Yeah. He's not arrested initially, guys.
1: He's not. It's not actually until when, you know, people make an uproar and the Louisiana governor and the Japanese consulate actually come together and say something needs to happen and Rodney is charged with manslaughter.
0: Yeah, he's arrested, charged, and this case actually goes all the way to a jury trial.
1: Yeah. And it
0: goes to a jury trial. Those are rare. Jury trials happen about two or three percent of the time. Right. And Most so cases end with a plea bargain.
1: It's true. And so I think Rodney was of the opinion that he never even should have been indicted or charged with this offense. Yeah. Um, you know, he believes that this was purely self defense, that he was protecting his. I mean, it's we call it the castle doctrine or um You know, stand your ground laws, which are, I think people are very, yeah, very controversial. People are familiar with them though. You know, there's been a lot of cases recently in the media about that. Yeah. But, um, but people believed in the end, the jury believed that his actions that he took were reasonable.
0: Yeah. And yeah, it was a three hour deliberation. He was acquitted. That means he was found not guilty. And that was it. He got to walk out of the courtroom. yeah and I, it, it was a seven day jury trial. To me, a big deal was this that Yoshi the jurors could not identify with Yoshi. Yoshi's a 16 year old boy from Japan who probably spoke broken English in 1992 in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Jurors didn't really care probably you no know, that's that's not I'm sure they cared. But they couldn't identify Yoshi as being their son, right? They could not (laughs) identify Yoshi, you know. Um, But the defense attorney did a phenomenal job. Lewis Ungsley, what, what he did is he said, Hey guys, Rodney's just like one of you guys. He's an average Joe. He loves sugar in his grits. Not only does that allow the jurors to identify themselves with Rodney, it also creates this line in the sand that Yoshi isn't one of them. Hey, Rod, what would you do in this situation? And Lewis Ungsley did a great job. And the ultimate question with the self-defense case is, did did Rodney act reasonably and was there imminent danger?
1: Well, here's the thing is, prosecutors argued that
0: And I think there was. uh,
1: no In because that- because here's the thing though is prosecutor's act or argued that he did not act reasonably and here's the thing is Yoshi and Webb were already walking away from the house when Rodney opened the door so he pretty much instigated the contact with Yoshi and Webb he you know, it was like he was like looking for trouble or looking for a fight and right, he so, opened the door.
0: All right, so he was ar- at some point. Rodney was arrested not for murder but for manslaughter. Right. He was facing up to forty years in prison. Exactly. And you would have convicted him.
1: Yes, I would have.
0: And how many years would you have given him if you're a juror? Uh,
1: maybe, maybe I'd give him probation. Seriously. Uh, maybe. So like how five serious
0: years. was this to you then?
1: It's very serious to me, but. It, it's a hard case because I don't think that he acted reasonably. I don't think that he acted reasonably at all. Okay. But I...
0: I'm going to tell you why I think he acted very reasonably. I
1: know why you think he acted and very I'm gonna reasonably. I'm going to go through. I'm
0: going to list them out.
1: Okay. I understand why you think he acted very reasonably, but at the same time... I don't think that he deserves to go to prison for 40 years.
0: Okay. That's why it's a range of punishment. I agree. You can go all the way up to 40 as low as whatever the minimum is. I don't know what the minimum would be. You know,
1: he also had to make a decision, you know, a split decision too in a matter of seconds. And just because he he made the wrong decision, he did. He flat out made the wrong decision. But I don't think he should spend the rest of his life in prison because of a bad decision. Should he have a mark on the rec- on his record for the rest of his life because of that? Yeah, he probably should.
0: Okay. So he he acted in self-defense. It is so dependent upon timing.
1: How did he act in self-defense when he went outside, when he opened the door? Like, it's like you open the door to, you know, it's like you getting in the ring with a boxer and saying, hold on, you know, it's like getting in the ring with a boxer and saying like, oh, well now I need to defend myself because, um, you know, you're so big and powerful. Well, you got in there voluntarily. And yeah, I get that it's his house, like, but he was safe inside the house. Go call the cops. Like it would have been more reasonable for you to call the cops. That's just my opinion.
0: Okay. (laughs) All right.
1: I know people have a slew of opinions on this, but I'm just, I have to, I have to give,
0: you know, you have a great opinion. I know. That's a great opinion. Thank you. But it's not based upon any type <laughs> of legal conclusion. Absolutely, it all.
1: is. Absolutely, it is. And
0: you're missing a big piece.
1: What is my the piece that I'm missing? No, I'm
0: teasing you. You're not missing anything. But I know. Let's go through it one by one. Okay. okay. Your wife. Your wife comes and tells you to go get the gun, and she's going crazy.
1: I'm like, well, is she on her period? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. I don't
0: know. That did we don't know if she was okay. Okay. Anyway, your wife comes to you and says, "Go get the gun," and she's acting crazy, and she's looking opening up the blinds, and she sees these weird guys. Can she see that they're sixteen year olds? No. Is it nighttime? Yes. Um, and she tells you, as the husband, you have to put yourself in Rodney's shoes. You have to look at from his point of view. That's what legally we have to do with self-defense cases. Did he reasonably perceive danger? Okay, remember we said timing is everything. So he's looking at everything through that lens. Rodney, go get the gun. Oh, my gosh. Has she even said that before? Probably never. So Rodney's like, well, damn, something crazy is happening, and I need to protect my family. So then you're making a big deal about, oh, how Webb and Yoshi were leaving, how they were leaving. You made a big deal out of that.
1: They were leaving. Okay, you were down the driveway. You made a
0: huge deal about that. But I'm sorry. Does Rodney know that they're leaving? Well, does Rodney have a right to inspect?
1: Did he he look out the window? Did he even like take in the scene as to what was? It's not like Webb and Yoshi were like peering in the window, like knocking on the. And
0: you know what? You know. And you know what, Brooke all of this of what of of what rodney did and, and if he did see them driving away or walking towards their car or walking away it's all irrelevant you know why because he has a right to open his door and he has a right to inspect his front lawn and when he did that yoshi moved towards him in a threatening manner with something in his hand and he said freeze and he didn't freeze and he continued and continued and continued coming toward him i'm sorry Unfortunately, this is a freak accident. Unfortunately, Yoshi, this nice young man, ended up dying. But should Rodney be held accountable for manslaughter? Legally speaking, absolutely not.
1: I just... I have to disagree with you. I think that he did not act reasonably. I think that, you know... it. Yeah, I do agree with the castle doctrine. I agree if there is an intruder, yes, you have the If you the right. don't
0: agree with the castle doctrine, that's okay.
1: I agree with the castle doctrine, but I'm saying States if there is an, an intruder in your house trying to break in your house, there is no sign that they were trying to break in the house. What concrete evidence do you have to show that they were trying to break in the house? You don't have anything to prove that they were trying to break in into the house that they were not intruders. These were 16-year-old boys dressed up in their Halloween costumes.
0: The question isn't what evidence do you have that they're trying to break into your house. The question is this. Was Rodney, looking at it from his point of view, reasonable in what he did? No, and was he, he was not. And was he in imminent danger?
1: He was not in imminent danger at all. The problem and is And he this. was not reasonable. He... Could have called the
0: cops. When this is when someone is approaching you and you tell them to freeze and you've got a gun out and they're not freezing, what what is reasonable to conclude in that situation?
1: Why would I go outside and put myself in that situation? You have a
0: right to defend your family. If my wife tells me to go get the gun, I'm gonna go outside and see if these bad guys are gone. And I have a right to do that. And so, like, I asked you that question. So when you have a gun and you're pointing at someone and you say freeze and they're not freezing, what can you conclude? What's reasonable?
1: I agree. If that is the situation that, yes, you do have the right to defend yourself with deadly force. Yes, that is The right you have. But what I'm saying is it was not reasonable for him to go outside with his gun and, like, essentially hunt these guys down.
0: No one was hunted down. Well,
1: it seems as though that they were hunted down. And I think that's what the prosecutors were essentially arguing. And that's... And they lost. They did. And I, Baton Rouge jury agreed with your logic. And, you know, I would like to know what our listeners think if, you know, they... Agree with yeah, you know, prosecutor, would love to attorney, that. or if they have another opinion. What is interesting though is that it's uh the Pierce family was sued civilly actually yeah, and uh a jury awarded them six hundred and fifty thousand dollars the Hatori family yeah um and the Rodney and his wife the Pierce family. Um, actually appealed that and the appellate court basically said no, no that's good 650 is good yeah so so um yeah I which
0: guess. is a much lower lower standard we saw that with oj too yeah you know, much no lower. it
1: is a lower standard um but uh the appeal was a it was a wrongful death appeal yeah. and so you know the insurance paid out a hundred thousand dollars and then The Pierce family had to pay, I think, about five hundred and
0: fifty thousand. Yeah, this was a sad. This is a sad case, guys. Period. Yoshi was a good boy. Uh, It's apparent that he was a very popular young guy, and he was and he had a bright future. And my heart goes out to his parents.
1: It's definitely sad all around, and this also became they became the uh, the Hayman family. Did I say that right? Did I get that
0: right? Haymaker.
1: Haymaker. Sorry. The Haymaker family and the Tory family—they became advocates for gun control laws. Yeah. Um, they actually signed, a, I think it was the Brady Law or Brady Act with President Clinton, oh,
0: Clinton. basically saying yeah.
1: that you know people need to have background checks before they can purchase handguns. Um, and so they're just—they've all spoken out against. Gun violence and and making yeah. sure that people um, have proper ownership of guns, but I I don't know if this was even a case of where people didn't have proper ownership of guns. Sounds like he no he had he, legally, he had a yeah he, he legally had possessed legally that gun. Owned that gun. So, he legally possessed. But it. and so, but it, it's a sad case all around. Um,
0: yeah, but you know we just different cultures in in Japan and in the United States and Louisiana baton rouge yeah and so his, yoshi's parents were taken aback about how guns are are so available relative here than in japan
1: so but one point is so louisiana is a stand your ground and has that castle doctrine uh the laws where you know if someone is trying to intrude upon your house that you have the right to use uh self-defense, deadly force. There are other states that are different and they it's called yeah. the right to, re, or duty, duty, sorry, duty to retreat. Where if this was, if Louisiana had been one of those states, then the, you know, the decision probably would have been different because.
0: Yeah, the you're right. 100% you know, right. Raymond, or, you're 100% right. If it's a duty to retreat state, Rodney,'
1: oh, sorry, Rodney.
0: Rodney w- would be in big trouble. he would You're because
1: right. he would not could not go out and shoot them. He would have to go back into his home and call nine one one, which would have been the proper protocol, yeah, which I believe is the proper protocol the whole time. But he they cannot just go out and try to basically do vigilante justice, which essentially is what this is. Um, and so, but some states, I think about 20 states have that duty to retreat law and not really that stand your ground, I can kill you if you come out of yeah. my property type of law.
0: Yeah, self-defense, jurisprudence is very interesting. And, you know, could, we could talk about that for 15, 20 hours straight. We could. States are different. It's very dependent upon timing it, and... And to me, what does it is that Yoshi continued coming towards Rodney. But if Yoshi was not coming toward him, I do not think Rodney was able to shoot him and, and and defend himself and his family. But the fact that he was coming toward him with something in his hand where he repeatedly told Yoshi pretty much like, hey, you don't need to be here type thing. That's where I differ from you.
1: Yeah. So it's an interesting case, and it's a good way to kick off our Halloween murder series.
0: Yeah, um, Halloween murder series.
1: (laughs) Well, we will be back next week with another one.
0: See you guys guys then. Take care.
1: Bye.